0: Good morning everyone, my name's Dave, uh, one of the ministers here and hello to those people as well joining us on the live stream and I want to start by just uh, asking if you've ever heard people say this, why doesn't God just show himself? Why doesn't God just show himself? Well, I think about that, if he, just wants, if he wants everyone to believe in him uh, and he can do anything that he wants to, uh, why doesn't he just show himself to everyone so that they will believe in him? Have you heard people talk like that think like that? Yeah I've heard people say to me you know, you know Dave, I'd like to believe what you believe uh, but I need God to show me something more right then I would believe in him you know if I could have seen Jesus walk the earth you know I would have believed in him if I could have seen that. Now we know we can't go back and see Jesus and so uh, what we kind of do I think is that we look for signs today to prove that God is real. Uh, So some kind of unexplained spiritual event that just confirms uh, the things that we have heard. Uh, Might be something like a miraculous healing, uh, unexplained healing, some kind of survival against the odds uh, that no one would believe if God were not real. Or or even this one, uh, going down to the Lennox on a Sunday and getting a parking spot out the front. Okay, if God would do that, then, I would believe in him. Right, but, but would you really? Would you really? Did you hear what we read today? People who saw Jesus in the flesh performing signs and wonders, they didn't all believe in him. And they were there. Right, even, even close to Jesus, after his resurrection, in the time when the Apostle Paul was, was preaching and, and writing letters, people were still looking for signs to confirm that Jesus was the Son of God. Right, and the Gentiles, they didn't want to even think about it. You know, Jesus, this crucified man, was not worth thinking about. Right, and things have not changed today. Uh, the world has been hearing about Jesus for 2,000 years, but for so many, it's just not enough. Uh, if I'm going to believe in God, I need something more. All right, and, and then what about those of us who, who believe in Jesus? Uh, sometimes we can still not be so sure. There can be those shadows of doubt that creep into our lives and so we might even feel tempted to look for signs that just shore up our belief. We just want to confirm the things that we've heard with just something a bit more spiritual, some kind of sign. And so we're all we're all kind of skeptics in our world. Right, and Jesus, he addresses skeptics today in his word. Um, And the reason that he addresses it is so that they might believe in him with certainty. And that's for us as well. So we might believe in Jesus with certainty. And remember, that is why Luke is writing. Do you remember the start of Luke? The very start, he tells us he's writing so that people might have certainty about the things that they have heard as they read this word. Right, That 100% locked down, secure, certainty about Jesus and the truth of him. And so in the passage today, we see Jesus addressing two sceptical groups. Did you see them at the start? Uh, Jesus drives out this demon, this man who was mute, uh, and then he speaks and the crowd is amazed. But not everyone believes in Jesus, that he is this power from God. Right? There's one group there who say, explain it as, well, he's driving out demons by the power of the prince of demons, Satan. There's another group there, who, who see that sign, but that's not enough. They want another sign to prove he's from God, something more sure, something more certain. And so Jesus addresses them both in turn in this passage. Uh, first, he, he's gonna show them the error of their ways, and then he's gonna show them the right response to him. So you've got your Bibles there, Luke chapter 11, and uh, we're just gonna look at it in those kind of two groups. Uh, and so the, to the first group, uh, jesus wants to wants to show them that his works prove the kingdom of god has come right so so far in luke uh, we've seen jesus driving out demons healing the sick uh, and he told us in his very first sermon this is what he came to do so have a look at uh sorry on the screen luke four eighteen. 18. Uh, jesus said the spirit of the lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free." Right, so Jesus is working in the power of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, right, to set prisoners free. That is that those are held captive, prisoner by sin and Satan and death, he is releasing them, right? And he does that here with this man, casting out the demon by the power of God People cannot deny what they have seen. They saw the mute man speak. But they they want to deny where the power comes from. And so this first group says that this power comes from Satan. And Jesus wants to show them just the error of their ways. Just the nonsense of that. So verse 17. He says, any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And a house divided against itself will fall. If Satan is divided against himself... How can his kingdom stand? Now, uh, the NRL season has just started. Sorry if you don't like my footy illustrations. Just one today and I'll have a break. Um, But the season started, could you imagine a team where half of the players on that team are against the team, right? They're dropping the ball on purpose. They're missing tackles on purpose. That team will lose 100% of the time That team will fall, that team will fail, right? And it's a nonsense thing to think about, isn't it? No team is gonna do that. But isn't it nonsense to say that Satan is divided against himself? If he is, he will fall, his kingdom is ruined. And Jesus is saying, "This this is just nonsense, what you're bringing up here. But this group would rather believe that Jesus is working in collusion with Satan then believe what his works are really saying about him. That is the extent that they want to go to. And so Jesus tells them what his works really are saying about him, that they're they're refusing to believe. So verse 20, he says to them there in verse 20, But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Right? The, the finger of God, the power of God, That is an allusion to the Exodus. You know the Exodus uh, in Egypt with the powerful works of God and the plagues? Well, uh, when that was happening, uh, Moses was doing it and the Egyptian magicians were kind of going toe-to-toe with Moses from their ancient magic arts, sort of doing the same things until they got to the gnats, you know, the little fly things. They couldn't do that. And so they said to Pharaoh, they said, this is the finger of God. You know, this is a power beyond us. But Pharaoh, what did Pharaoh do? If you've read it, you'll know he hardened his heart. He would not believe that. He would not listen. And Jesus is saying, well, you know, my power is the finger of God. My power is showing that this is God's power. It proves the kingdom of God has come. It proves I'm the king of that kingdom. But you are refusing to believe it. Right, Jesus used this parable of the of the strong man and the stronger man to kind of illustrate what's going on here. Right, Satan is the strong man who has been holding people captive, and Jesus is the stronger man who can come and overpower him and release the prisoners. Right, so Jesus' works prove that he is from God. Right, but this first group, like Pharaoh, they, they're just refusing to believe that. And so jesus points out then what is what is then the right response as we see the works of jesus how should we respond to that well verse 23 jesus says whoever is not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scatters so in other words there's just no neutral ground when it comes to jesus there's no switzerland in the cosmic battle you're either with him or you're against him there's no spiritual fence that you can sit on and so, you know, you're, you're either on the side of Jesus or you're on the side of Satan, basically. And, and people who are on the side of Satan, doesn't, he doesn't really care what they do. They can be good people, they can be gracious, they can be generous, as long as they're not on Jesus' side. Right? As long as they keep hardening their hearts to him and his truth, right, he's happy. Right? As long as they just keep drifting along that wide and easy path that leads to destruction, He's okay with that. Just, just don't be on Jesus' side. But the right response to Jesus is to get on his side. Right? And how do we do that? Well, there's a woman in the crowd who's, who's listening to Jesus, and she just can't contain her joy at, at him. And so she just cries out over the crowd in verse 27. Blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And so she's praising Jesus for who he is. And Jesus agrees with her, uh, but he points to the greater blessing. And this is how we get on the side of Jesus and the blessing of that. In verse 28, Jesus says, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. This is how you get on Jesus' side. When you you hear him speaking, uh, you see his great works. Uh, You don't harden your heart to that, but you believe in him. You obey him and, and you, you follow him on the narrow way. It is a hard way. Not many find it, but it is the way that leads to salvation. And so that is the right response to Jesus. His, his works prove the kingdom of God has come in power and he is the king of God's kingdom. Right, Satan, he's defeated. His time is coming to an end. Get on the side of Jesus. Hear his word obey him that's the first group that Jesus addresses and then he turns to the second group and these are the ones who are seeking a sign from heaven and to them Jesus wants to show them he is the final sign to them and to our world before judgment so do you notice what Jesus says about this sign-seeking group he says that they are wicked you might think that's a bit harsh but just looking for a little bit of evidence I just want to try and figure out if if Jesus really is who he says he is. It's a bit harsh to call them wicked. But I want you to remember the temptation of Jesus in chapter 4 with Satan. And one of the things that he does is he takes Jesus up to the highest point of the temple. And he says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. God will catch you. And he's saying that will be a sign to prove to all the people that you are the son of God. You should do that. And Jesus says, no. It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And how is this group introduced in verse 16? Well, they come to Jesus to test him, asking for a sign. Right, so they are coming in, in the way of Satan to test Jesus. And so to answer them, uh, Jesus has he points out two of these parties from the past, That actually, uh, they have right actions, these groups of people, are gonna condemn the wrong actions of people of Jesus' day. So the two parties from the past, the first one is the Queen of Sheba, okay? Uh, Verse 31, called the Queen of the South here. The Queen of the South will rise at judgment with the people of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. Right, the, the height of Israel's glory Right, Solomon was the king. He was the, he was the wealthiest. He was the wisest man on earth. And the Queen of Sheba came from a long way away to see him, to see his glory. And when she saw it, when she heard his wisdom, uh, the Bible tells us that it took her breath away. She was just overwhelmed by how great he was. That's the Queen of Sheba, the second group of people. Uh, the men of Nineveh in verse 32 so the men of Nineveh they're going to stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it for they repented at the preaching of Jonah now uh, you know the story of Jonah you know Nineveh was a wicked city Jonah was sent to preach against them Uh, when he eventually got there a bit of a roundabout trip he preached and they repented they obeyed the word of God at the preaching of Jonah. And, and what does Jesus say? What's the point he's making here? Jesus says something greater than Solomon is here. right? Someone wiser and more glorious is here. Uh, someone greater than Jonah is here. A greater prophet with greater words for us to respond to is here now, right in front of you. right. So people who seek a sign from Jesus need to realise he is the sign. Right, God has revealed himself to our world fully and finally in Jesus. Right, that is so important for us to, to grasp. God has revealed himself fully and finally to our world in the person and the work of Jesus. Right, And, and, and Jesus is pointing out these actions of people in the past, their right actions, are going to condemn the people of this generation for the way they have responded to Jesus, uh, by hardening their hearts and refusing to believe in Him, and so Jesus then he, he wants to point out the right response to Him to this group. Okay, and so he uses a parable about about lights and about lamps and about eyes and 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 what is going on here. There's probably a number of things to get out of this, but I think one way to understand it is that at the start of the parable and at the end, uh, we have some images that help us understand. Uh, And so notice at the start of the parable, uh, there is a lamp put on a stand for people to see its light. And at the end, a person is full of light when that lamp shines upon them. And so I think we're meant to see that Jesus is that lamp. And then in the middle of of these lamps, we have uh, the healthy and the unhealthy eyes. Okay, so Jesus says in verse 34, "Uh, Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. And so I think the healthy eye is one there that focuses upon the light. So the whole body can be full of light. Right, kind of like opening the blinds and just letting the light come in and, and fill your life, rather than keeping those blinds closed and being full of darkness. All right, so the right response to Jesus, to those who seek signs, right, is to see the sign that is right in front of you. Right, for those who have eyes to see, Jesus is the light of the world. Right, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God just shining so brightly to our world right healthy eyes are those that see that right they believe in that they, they drink they drink it in and and they live their life in that light right so we've got those two groups and and, and Jesus wants to the way he's addressing them is he wants them to see that his works prove uh, that he is from God and that he is the the final sign to this generation uh, before the judgment and so it's a really simple and straightforward message to skeptics I think right repent and believe in Jesus repent and believe in Jesus or face his judgment on the last day right and so what is our response to this uh, to this word today uh, to, to skeptics today uh, Well. I think we want to say we want to make healthy choices, right? We know what healthy choices are for our our bodies, our physical bodies, don't we? Especially when we open the fridge, yeah? You see the triple layer chocolate fudge cake there from last night? And you see the avocado, right? we, we, We know how to make healthy choices for, it doesn't mean we make them. We know how to make them. It doesn't mean we make them. But if we make these healthy choices for our bodies, how much more important is it to make the healthy choices for our souls, right, for our lives beyond this world? Right, for that day is coming when we will all be raised, we will all stand before God, uh, and we will go to eternal peace and joy in heaven with him, or we will go to eternal punishment and destruction. And it is the way that you respond to Jesus that determines those eternal futures. Right, and so we want to be people that, that make those healthy choices right, to hear the word of God, right, to believe it and to obey it. And so for those of us who are still waiting for God to prove himself to us in, in some other way, we need to realise that he already has proven himself. Right, so we, those people need to make that healthy choice to believe in the light that we already have in Jesus. Right? You, you might kind of think, oh, easier for people back then who saw Jesus, like if I could do that, then I would believe. Right? But today we actually have something uh, just as good, if not better, with us. Right? What, what does what does Peter say? Maybe you know what Peter says in, in 2 Peter. Uh, but Peter was an apostle. He saw Jesus in the flesh. He even saw Jesus transfigured on the mountain and glorified. He saw Jesus resurrected. Uh, but Peter says to people that he is writing to that we have something that is more reliable. Have a look at this in 2 Peter 1.19. He says that we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place. And right? he's talking about the Bible, he's talking about God's prophetic message in his word and he's saying that is a light for us today. That is a light for us to see the Lord Jesus Christ. right? God reveals himself in his word. He reveals Jesus and the way of salvation in that word fully. right? So do not harden your heart to that word about Jesus. When you hear it, uh, believe that truth. And then what about those of us who already believe in Jesus? Uh, what, what about us? Uh, we need to keep making those healthy choices to expose ourselves to his light. Uh, I love how Pete Bryan used that word when he was up here. Uh, exposing ourselves to the word of God. Uh, I love when I hear stories of people who, uh, who, who will say to you know, you probably have this yourself, but you think, you know, I, I wasn't going to read my Bible, I was feeling a bit tired, uh, but I knew it was good for me. So, so I read my Bible, and I, I am so thankful that I did. I was so blessed by reading that word. Right, because, because when you when you read the Bible, it's like opening, opening the blinds. Right, you, you let the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ shine upon you. Right, and as you see that, as you behold that, you're actually being transformed into that same image. It is a powerful work. Uh, to see uh, God's truth and God's light in His word. Right? So keep exposing yourself to that in so many ways. And then also we want to keep be people that not just uh, reading the word but but reading the word together. right So exposing ourselves to the light of God's Word together like we're doing right now in church. Uh, and, and again, uh, I love when I hear those stories of people who you know I wasn't going to go to church, I wasn't going to go to growth group. I was feeling a bit tired. I was sitting on the lounge. I was all comfy, uh, but I went because I, I knew it was good for me. Uh, man, and I'm so glad that I went. I'm so glad I went along, right? Because you know where, where the people of God are, uh, the Word of God dwells among us richly. Right? We we speak the Word of God to one another. We encourage one another uh, to keep persevering, to keep obeying, to keep believing when we come together. So keep exposing yourself to that good light that comes to us when we are gathered as God's people like we are right now. Right, so keep, keep making those healthy choices to hear the word of God in so many ways and, and then keep obeying that word that you hear. Because right, that is the word, as you keep doing that, it's gonna make you more sure of Jesus, it's gonna make you more certain about him and his truth. Uh, it's going to build your resilience and your strength of your faith. It's going to help you to persevere. Uh, it's going to be so good for you. All right? God does that for us to keep us on that narrow way uh, until we reach the end, until we see him face to face. And we know we've made it and we've finished the race. Right, so keep making those healthy choices. And let's pray that God would do that for us right now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we as we come before you in prayer, uh, just remembering last week uh, that we can call you our Father in heaven, uh, who loves us and cares for us uh, and wants what is good for us, Lord, and we praise you. Uh, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins and that you have brought us into relationship with you. Uh, and we pray, Father, that uh, as we have seen the truth that is in Jesus, uh, that we would keep seeing it, uh, that we would keep opening your word Uh, to let your light flood our lives, uh, that we would keep obeying it and walking in that light as you're in the light. Lord, we pray that you would continue to grow us uh, in our knowledge of you and our love for you uh, and in the holiness of life that you want for us in that obedience. Uh, And Father, I just pray that you would just help us to keep gathering as well as your people uh, and keep speaking the word to one another, uh, that we might encourage one another as we see that day approaching. And Father, we pray you do these things through our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.